Hey guys, welcome back to Mommyhood Redeemed. Lauren and I are both so excited to be back today and just sharing a topic that has been on our hearts and something that we just feel isn't really talked about that often in Christian mothering circles. So what is it? How to treat your unsaved children. You see, most of us mamas of younger kids are living with a bunch of unsaved little people ones who haven't yet been transformed by the gospel and whose behavior obviously doesn't reflect a redeemed person. And yet at times, more often than I think we would like to admit, we expect our kids to act in a way that would reflect a redeemed person and holding them to a standard that we don't even hold ourselves to as a saved person. And nobody wants to be that mom. We all know them. We have actually probably been them that... Mm -hmm in Target whose kid is throwing a full-fledged tantrum, the mom whose two-year-old is running as fast as he can in the opposite direction as mom calls for him to come back, Uh, the mom whose three-year-old refuses to share with a friend during a play date, or the mom whose school-age kid fails to obey the teacher uh, for the, you know, hundredth time. But the question begs, are we seeking to just raise good kids? Or are we seeking to raise God-fearing kids? For a lot of us Christian mamas, we start to align our child-rearing techniques with worldly ideas, promoting moralism, kindness, and rule-following, instead of seeking to reach their hearts with the gospel, praying for that to transform their behavior. I always tell new moms in those child-rearing years, be aware, you are living with little sinners. And that is the reality for all of us. Our cute little button-nosed babies and toddlers just that are just that. They're sinners, and they are in desperate need of a Savior, just like we are. And no, your child was not born good or neutral. They were born a sinner. According to Genesis, we all are born into sin. Nobody has to teach them to sin. Their desire is to rule self. Of, their desire to rule self is evident very early on. Now, let's add a couple more. And you have a house full of little sinners in need of Jesus running around. And not to mention, there's you and your husband. And although you may be redeemed and your husband too, you're still encased in the flesh and sin as well. And all of this equals lots of sitting in your home and a whole lot of need for Jesus. And as mamas who love Christ and love our children... Our heart's desire is that we would see them saved, that we would see them become lovers of Jesus, that as we train them up in the way they should go, they wouldn't depart from it when they're older, just as Proverbs 22, 6 says. We pray that all the training, all the disciplining, all the discipling, all we are pouring into them would not return void, that the Lord would soften their hearts and draw them to himself. We pray that despite our failings, we would reduce he would redeem them for his glory and very soon, hopefully. Yes, I pray that often. But I think our practical parenting isn't always pointing them to Christ. We're not always parenting with a gospel focus, or more importantly, we're not really even living with one. We're failing to do what God wants us to do as moms, which is to reach the hearts of our little ones with the gospel. We're not turning those everyday moments, those temper tantrums, the sibling rivalry, everything into a gospel moment. 
Instead, we're implementing our own rules, lashing out in frustration and anger when our rules are broken. And we're trying to mold our kids into some sort of image of a quote unquote good kid who follows the rules rather than a child whose heart has been changed and therefore really seeks to honor God in all that they do. I think we're expecting out of our kids things that unless they're saved, they're not ever going to be able to possess. We want them to share because they love their siblings, but how can they truly love their siblings until they first love Christ? We want them to obey us with a happy heart the first time, but (laughs) they're never going to obey us with a joyful willingness unless they're seeking to honor God first. And I'm sure we have a list of all of these things. So if you're like me, you probably get discouraged and you wonder why on earth nothing seems to be working. Why aren't they doing these things willingly? Why do I have to discipline them for the same thing over and over and over again? Lauren and I were just talking about this this morning. (laughs) What is going on? But we really have to stop for a second and check our own hearts. Why are we parenting the way that we are? Are we seeking to draw their little hearts to Christ? Are we trying to redeem moments for his glory in order to point them to the gospel? Are we finding ways to cultivate a love for Christ in their day-to-day living and in ours? Are we modeling Christ-likeness and being the example that they would want to follow? Or are we simply trying to make our lives easier, stress-free, and without a burden by raising a bunch of legalists who just follow our rules and don't want to get mom mad? So convicting. You know, it really all starts with you because you are the saved one. You're the person who's supposed to be modeling Christ to them. You're called to do it. You're the one who is called to exemplify the fruits of the spirit, to set an example worthy of following. You're the one that they're going to look to when they're looking to see what Jesus is like. You point them to the word of God, but you're doing that by how you speak and how you act and how you respond to all life situations. And if we're honest, I think we can agree that we sin often and we're saved And here we are expecting our kids to stop doing those same sinful things over and over again. And yet here we are doing the same sinful things over and over and over again. And we are saved and they most likely aren't. So we have to change our thinking. You're the one who has to realize that you are living with unsaved little people. People who, by the grace of God, can't be expected to live like a Christian and they shouldn't be expected to live like a Christian. We have to extend grace and lots of it to these little souls in our care. Just as God has been so patient with us as second Peter three, nine talks about, we have to be patient towards our children. We want to seek for them to see the beauty in the gospel, the mercy and love of Christ that would compel them to want to turn from their sins and to love Christ and put their faith and trust in him. In Ephesians, Paul talks about children obeying their parents and follows it with a command to us parents not to provoke our children to anger. And one day we get, or one way that we do that, I think, is by holding them to standards which aren't even the Lord's. A lot of times they're just our own or a standard of holiness that is impossible or near impossible. And one that we as Christians don't even hold ourselves to. 
I was listening as I was preparing for this to a sermon from John MacArthur about ways specifically that we can provoke our kids to anger. And some of the things he shared were um, excessive discipline, inconsistent discipline, not praising our kids when they do well. Those ones all stuck out to me. And this is what he said as well. He said, don't thoughtlessly aggravate them. Don't unnecessarily goad them. Don't deliberately exasperate them. Don't foolishly discourage them, but express your love to them by treating them with gentleness, kindness, consideration, and respect. After all, that's an essential part of being a good example to them. Other ways that parents can provoke their kids are through neglect, constant criticism, condescension, indifference, detachment, cruelty, hypocrisy, a lack of fairness, deliberate humiliation. All of these things provoke kids to exasperation by discouragement. And that's precisely what Paul said in Colossians 3.21, When he said, fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. I know for myself, I struggle with being consistent in discipline or even worse, I think, praising my kids for their successes when they are being obedient and they are choosing to do things that are right and to honor God and how terrible that really is for them. I really would never want to be the one to provoke them to anger, especially later in life. I think right now our kids are because they're so little, they're so quick to forgive and forget. But right now we're really setting an example and we need to be aware of this in our mothering. We're setting the foundation. And I think that this is something a lot of moms don't really recognize that we're doing, that we're provoking our kids to anger. And if our goal is to point them to Christ and their need for him, then we have to be acutely aware of how we can help them fight their sin and remove them from temptation. And I just wanted to share an example, practically something that an older mother shared with me and we've tried to implement in our home. And I really think it's helpful is we're on our kids team. We're on their side. We're for them, not against them. We want them to be successful in their pursuit of holiness and their fighting of sin. And it starts in the younger years, even when they aren't saved by setting up a pattern where, you know, we, we all have our struggles. We all think come out of the womb knowing how to sin and we all struggle in different areas. It might be anger. It might be selfishness, whatever it might be. And I guarantee all of us can look at our kiddos and we can point out sins that they struggle with. And they're probably all different. Some may be the same. And once we can kind of observe that and be aware of that, we can help our kids by fighting these battles, by removing certain temptations from them. And one example is I have a kid who has a hard time waking up from naps and he likes to have a little bit of downtime. He's also my very uh, routine child. He thrives in routine. So when things aren't how they usually are each day, kind of throws them off for a loop. So Usually after nap during the week when my husband's at work, we don't really do anything. We stay home and, you know, I make dinner and things like that. But on the weekends, a lot of times we have stuff going on where we have to leave right after nap time. And so after, you know, a while of dealing with temper tantrums and meltdowns and just discipline and obviously not the way we want to start our outing, we decided that 
hey, how about we just wake him up, you know, 15, 20 minutes before we have to leave so that we can remove that temptation from him. We know he struggles with that. And so we'll wake him up, give him some downtime, help him in this area. And then if he still chooses, obviously, to throw a temper tantrum or whatever, he's going to get a discipline for it. But we're removing the things that would lead him to sinning in that way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about some more practical ways that we can really flush this out in our day to day. Yeah. And I really liked your example. That's, that's such a great way. Just removing, being on their team and removing some of those ways, temptations to sin. So how do we mother with a missionary mindset? Because that's really what we are. We're evangelists. We're missionaries to these little ones in our home who don't know Jesus intimately and follow him yet. So it starts with, setting an example. Do we walk in the spirit? And just so you guys know, we did do two entire podcasts on this topic and it's definitely worth your time to listen to them as we really dive into Galatians five and what it looks like to pursue godliness and motherhood. But so do we show our children what it means to love and honor the Lord, to obey him with a willing heart because our love for him, uh, that, that is what it truly is compelling us to do what's right. Do we show them what Christ's love looks like? Kindness, humility. Do we ask for their forgiveness when we fail and sin against them? Show them mercy and grace on a regular basis. Are we setting an example that they would want to follow? Next is redeeming moments. There are constantly moments in the everyday that we can point our unregenerate children to Christ. We can show them their sin, remind them that they, when they sin, it isn't against us and our rules first and foremost, but against a holy God. We can share the gospel in the little moments in the everyday, when they ask questions, when we see creation, when there is discipline that needs to take place, when we're showing our children how to make right choices and why they should make them, etc. And one practical way we do this in our home is we is to get down on their level and ask you know, buddy, why did you throw that toy at your brother? You know, wait for their response, which is usually because he was being mean or he threw something at me first. And then we try and go deeper to the actual root, the, the very, very root of the issue, which is sin. And we'll respond with, buddy, you may have been mad um, that your brother was mean, but you acted sinfully by throwing that car. And it's because you have a yucky heart. You have a sinful, yucky heart. And do you know how that can be fixed? Because you can't fix it by yourself. And they'll say, no, I don't know. And we'll respond by, it's only Jesus that can clean your heart and help you be kind. Um, And so that seems to kind of lead them in their younger years to asking more questions. Well, why can Jesus only clean my heart? And which is really cool. So uh, the next thing would be setting the right standards. And we really need to set the set standards in our home that reflect biblical standards. We need to show our children that we are following God's law in our home, not our own. Yes. Of course, we all have different standards or rules that may vary from home to home, but our children are doing these things to obey mommy and daddy, which is a command in scripture. We need to teach our children to fear the Lord, to honor him and his ways. We don't want moral children. We want God-fearing children. Um, The next is lots of grace. 
we need it and so do they. Grace motivates obedience and holiness. It does for us and it will for your unsaved kids. A love and compassion that pours out grace day by day and moment by moment is needed in your home and in mine. And Elise, Elise Fitzpatrick in her book, Give Them Grace, we must tell our kids of the grace-giving God who freely adopts rebels and transforms them into loving sons and daughters. If this is not the message your children hear, if you're just telling them to be good, then the gospel needs to transform your parenting too. Wow, that's good. I recommend that book too. I think it's a a good perspective that we kind of lose. So if we're not constantly pointing our children to Jesus and the truth of the gospel, then our parenting truly isn't different than an unbeliever's. Our goal is just that, that they might know Jesus and make him known. Not good kids. Elise Fitzpatrick Mm -hmm. went on to say, we are commanded to give them the law so that they will be crushed by it and see their need for a savior. The law won't make them good. It will make them despair of ever being good enough in the way it will make them open up to the love, sacrifice, and welcome of their savior, Jesus Christ. It isn't just kids who need Jesus, but also us parents. And the task of parenting is really impossible without God's grace. Our best efforts as parents might produce good kids, but it's not going to change their hearts. Raising good kids is utterly impossible unless they're drawn by the Holy Spirit to put their faith in the goodness of another. You can't raise good kids because you're not a good parent. There's only one good parent, and he had one good son. And together, this father and son accomplished everything that needed to be done to rescue us and our children from certain destruction. So thanks so much for listening today. And we look forward to continuing on this journey with you all as we seek to redeem mommyhood every day for God's glory through the power of the gospel.